Good morning, Vernon. Good Yo! 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 The process is black and white, where two friends examine the trials and tribulations of starting their individual businesses with their cultural differences and similarities, along with whatever else accompanies them on their journey. Each week, they will discuss a few chapters from books that will transform you from being a wantrepreneur to an entrepreneur. Here's Vernon and Devin. morning Devin so we're sitting here a few days after Thanksgiving the Monday after um first off how was your Thanksgiving um you know and secondly what what is Thanksgiving to you it seems to be our theme during holiday season mm. is that is it discuss the holidays themselves what, what what is Thanksgiving to Devin uh my Thanksgiving was great thanks for asking I hope yours was too mm. um I love Thanksgiving. It's of, of the holidays. It's my favorite holiday because it's just about the food. There's no, uh, no other, you know, baggage comes along with it. It's just about, you know, enjoying the food. And, uh, it's different now that I live out in Colorado. It was a big family event. It was a large family thing. And now it's just Sarah and I having a quiet Thanksgiving. And we, so we ate food that we don't normally eat. So in, in our case, it was like uh, cereal and spaghetti. So cereal for breakfast and spaghetti for dinner with pie. And that was our Thanksgiving meal. And it was fantastic because those are foods that we don't eat at all. We're, you know, we're always on a diet, you know us. And uh, so, so that was strange and delicious. And uh, we had a great time. So yeah, that, that, was, that was mine. But I, I, I'm a big fan of Thanksgiving. It's just about the food and the enjoyment and giving thanks and and I, I support all of that how about you yeah so um my thanksgiving was was awesome so i um so i have for me for thanksgiving you know being as though me and my wife we both love to cook she loves to bake also so there's this the food element is incredible for us um i mean we made it i mean we made everything i mean everything like it was unbelievable too and and we like the challenge you know we we set the table we take we photograph the table and the food like no one touches anything like we you know we record the whole process it's it's honestly it's the most fun we have is is cooking so thanksgiving is like our super bowl all right but then there's this element of thanksgiving that's like Outside of the food, I don't think I really do have a have a whole lot of thought of what Thanksgiving is like. The the like we never go around the table and say what we're thankful for. Um, I never even say what I'm thankful for at any point in the process. Like for me, Thanksgiving has now become a place to eat turkey. You know, once a year. And that's and, nice. I mean, turkey's great. I, I will say, I listen to this podcast about happiness um, every week. I listen to it, you know, regularly or whatever. And uh, she's constantly talking about how uh, one of the big keys to success in, in being happy and, and feeling good and, like, meeting your goals and all that stuff is to have a list of things that you're thankful for, gratitude and stuff like that. So I'm a big believer in that message that concept that like thankfulness gratitude whatever you want to call it having that reflection um where you realize how lucky you are for the things that you are lucky for uh being aware of how fortunate you are whatever whatever you want to call it i'm a pretty big believer in that as a as a philosophical concept yeah. so uh, thanksgiving aligns with that for me yeah and i think i think for me it's just like I generally reflect on that all day, every day. Like I'm like extremely thankful for everything. That's why I hold on to everything so tightly because I am just thankful of, of everything. Um, 
that is in my life, everyone. I, I'm usually the person that's like, man, I haven't heard from Devin in a little while. Let me call him or let me text him. Let me, you know, and like, that's me. I'm the guy that's like, all right, went a little dark with this relationship. Haven't, <laughs> haven't seen or heard. Let me reach out. Like, that's me. So I'm, I'm very thankful for everything. But, you know, I have to say, we can't talk Thanksgiving without discussing the other side of it, which I'm sure for some who is listening, is, is the elephant in the room, which is there is a historical part to Thanksgiving that for some people, you know, leaves them with less desire to want to celebrate the day, the holiday, um, and everything that, that comes with it. Um, where do you stand on that? How do you feel about that? Uh, I'd stand, I think, probably in the same place, right? Um, we were no, – no man is perfect. No woman is perfect. No nation is perfect. No governance is perfect, right? And so there is, I guess, some folks who don't want to think about, like, a, a whole picture who say, you know, well, Thanksgiving is just uh, an example of – you know, pilgrims killing Indians or something. Um, and that certainly is the thing that happened. And it is certainly a tragedy. Um, however, like this show, right, which means a lot to me, like this sim simple podcast means a lot to me. And it's here because of that event there, right? Like the tremendous opportunities that are available in our lives today exist because of, Things that happened two and three and 500 years ago, right? And some of those things were terrible. And some of those things are worth giving thanks for. And, um, you know, I think a, a day of reflection where you remember the mistakes that you've made along the way, I think is a, is a great day and an important day. And I think a day where you, of reflection where you remember all the things that you have to be thankful for is equally as important. Um, and I'm not a big fan of all the people that don't want to teach history. You know, there's a, there's a bunch of people now that are like, oh, we, we can't teach slavery because critical race theory or something. Like, I, don't, I can't even really understand what they're talking about, right? But they essentially want to deny the history of, of America. Um, and those people, I think, are completely out of their minds because, <laughs> like, it's an important part of the history of America. And I think that equally as important is the history of, you know, the Quakers as a group of people that were trying to abolish slavery, like from the jumps, from the jump, right? Like they were way early on it. Uh, ben Franklin's disdain for slavery. Uh, Thomas Edison inventing the light bulb. Like all, all, there's a bunch of like wonderful things that happened along the way that we need to be just as thankful for and excited about and, um, hold up as as things to be thankful for. Uh, we, we learned the story about the 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 gas mask, right? When there was a fire, right? Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like all these things are things to be thankful for. Um, and so I think both sides of these stories are important and vital and need to be shared. So the things that we need to be thankful for is like, you know, we we found the the best version of a nation that we've had so far. That's pretty great. Um, and we need to we need to be thankful for that. And conversely, uh, you know, uh, there's another day in, in the year where we can look back and we can think, you know, hey, we did some terrible shit along the way, and hopefully we can do a better job going forward of not making those kinds of mistakes again. So that's sort of my perspective on it. Yeah, I think, you know, initially, like hearing, you know, your point, it, it's really about like, at the end of the day, everything has good everything has bad in it you know what's up eventually comes down and you can't you can't ignore either side you know they're there yes thanksgiving comes with a history that um yeah has some some pretty bad stuff that went on you know in in terms of the relationship between the the pilgrims and the, and the indigenous people and you know just what happened in the country during during that time um but, you know, and small but, I guess, is where we sit here today, the idea of 
you know, taking a, a day every year and just really reassessing, you know, what you're, you're thankful for in your life. What are some of the things that you could do better, be better? You know, how do we learn from what happened, you know, with the first Thanksgiving? You know what I mean? Like all of that, all of that is important. And that's really what the essence of Thanksgiving is, is has come to. So it's like, it's not, to me, it's not as patriotic as maybe it once was at a, at a, at a time before where like, remember they would do as a kid, you would do like a Thanksgiving play. I remember where it would be like, yeah, the, the one kid would be in a Turkey suit. Yeah. The, some kids dressed up as pilgrims. Some kids dressed up, dressed up as native Americans. And you would do the whole, you would reenact the whole Thanksgiving feast. Mm -hmm. Those days I don't think are, are necessarily, you know, as around anymore. Right. Like, I, I don't know if we think of Thanksgiving in that light anymore. I think there's another way where the patriotism turns into just a year to year thing. You know, the holiday has now become like, what are you thankful for? You know, as an individual, you know, what, what would, how would you like to be better as, as an individual? You know what I mean? It's more or less how I believe it's celebrated now less about like the historics of the day. Yeah. I wonder about that. I mean, so we were listening, uh, starting a new book, Will by Will Smith. Um, and the book opens, the first two chapters are really all about his father. Um, I guess one is a little bit more about him, but basically the, yeah. or the, his mom, I think the first yeah, a little bit. Of, yeah. A little bit his mom, second one's mom, him. Yeah. Yeah. But, and dad in the background. That's the thing. Like there's kind of this overarching thing all the time, which is dad, About his dad. at least yeah, for the first true. two chapters. Right. Um, mm -hmm. It's just kind of omnipresent. And I think, you know, it, you know, you, you can tell the tremendous amount of care and love and respect that he has for his dad. But then you can also tell that he has a really complicated relationship with that care and love and respect. Right. Because, his dad wasn't necessarily a great man, right? He clearly had problems where he drank too much. He clearly had problems where he thought beating on women was an okay choice. Like he clearly had all these other things that were major problems, but that doesn't change the things that he brought that were tremendous values. And I guess one of the things that I've been struggling with is the fact that I'm aware that I'm creating a narrative of my life, right? Like, I'm telling the story to myself about my own life <laughs> as I look back in time. And I'm like, oh, well, this happened because of this and this happened because of that. And you tell a story and you make it you when you reflect on your own life, you make it make sense. Mm -hmm. But mostly those choices, a lot of them were just accidents that happened to turn out a certain way. And now I'm reflectively looking back on it. I don't really know what to what that is that I mean by that, but I'm definitely taking this story of Will in and looking at him thinking like, you're looking back on your life and this is the story that you're telling, right? Um, so he's a little bit, especially because he kind of admits to it, right? He's He admits to having sort of a fantastical memory. So I, I wonder how much of him narrating his own life is a reliable narrator, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, um, for sure. I mean, how, how well do we remember anything? You know, they say the accuracy of memory is like extremely inaccurate. The story will change. If you ask someone about an event that happened um, that 10 times, you'll probably have 10 different stories or, you know, from that same person about their belief and what happened at a particular event, which, you know, pretty true, pretty accurate, right? So as he tells this story, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of probably, a lot a lot of things you can probably dispute. I'm sure his family, you know, he probably already heard it from his family in terms of the way that he, you know, kind of, their his perspective on the on each one of them because he introduced yeah. each one of them as as a character in the story, you know what I mean. So like, 
Yeah, even each one of them, I'm sure, have like, nah, that's not quite how it was, Will. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And it's interesting that he admits that in the story that he says, like, and this This is is who I am. Like, like I'm a person who has a fantastical memory of things, you know, like, yeah, you know, and I, I put all that in to this, like, sort of like conversation that we're having of like, here's a guy talking about his complicated relationship with his father and how people aren't perfect. And then also we have this thing called Thanksgiving, right? That's like that we have that we could have a complicated relationship with, with a national identity too, and a personal identity. I don't know. So far, dude, this Will book is just delivering a hundred percent for me. Yeah, and I think you know, I would ultimately say that uh, the book so far, as we get into it, you know, is a lot to talk about. But just to button up the Thanksgiving conversation, it's like. Yeah, man, it's never, I, I don't even know if it's necessarily a celebration anymore. Like, I, I don't consider, do you consider Thanksgiving like a celebratory thing? I don't think so. I don't right? think that's the word it's, I it's, Yeah, it's not even a celebration. Um, It's not a hot, it's not like New Year's where it's like, happy Thanksgiving, you know what I mean? Like, nah, that, that, that isn't what happens to me. It's a reflective holiday. And I would say to anyone who, like, you know, I remember when Jay-Z and Beyonce announced that, not announced, but like it got out that they don't do Thanksgiving. And I remember like being in certain groups, friend groups, where it was like, yeah, I don't really think I want to celebrate Thanksgiving anymore either. And I remember just thinking to myself, like, I don't, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Like, I've never really celebrated Thanksgiving. Now you have Thanksgiving. Yeah, you just have it. And, you know, it's just the opportunity where everybody's off because everything shuts down. And it's like we're going to make it our purpose to get together as a a family and all come into one space. I don't think just because of – I don't know if where the origins of Thanksgiving, because of where the origins of Thanksgiving comes from, I don't know if that's worth giving up this tradition of all of my family coming together just because of the origin of Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? I I would say that it's decidedly not, right? Like if there's anything that you're getting, and especially from like the Will Smith book, right? Like if there's anything that you're getting is is that things are complicated. Exactly. All the time. Yes. Nothing is, well, not nothing, but almost nothing is cut and dry. Things are almost always complicated. Totally. Totally. And choosing to not look back and think reflectively for things to to be thankful for as a result of things being complicated doesn't make it, it makes as little sense as deciding that you're not going to think about this other part of history. That doesn't make any sense. You have to take in the whole history. The whole history is valuable. (laughs) Good and bad. (laughs) You know? So it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think the the reasons why we celebrate certain things do, do change over time. And, you know, are made up or, or, yeah, are made up actually by the thought process of society in that time, right? And we know, just like Will Smith, that the made-up thought process is made up. Yeah, yeah. Right, like, because he's looking back on his life and telling a story, and we know that that story is not actually accurate. Yeah, and even... But it is accurate, because it's emotionally accurate, but it's factually, you know, confounded. Yeah, but I would even say that, like, you know, you think of Christmas. There was once a time where Christmas was just about the birth, you know, of Christ. Sure. And then all the other stuff gets added in. You know what I mean? And we, and when people celebrate Christmas, they're celebrating old Saint Nick. You know what I mean? And and more and more, it's less about the birth of Christ 
and more and more it continues to be about gifts and giving to where now Santa's not even necessarily involved as much anymore. It's just about, you know, giving to your loved ones. You know, it's a day of giving. And soon enough, it's going to be like very little to do with Santa, you know, to where he might not even be around anymore. And it'll just be known as the day of giving. And you know what I mean? And and I think Thanksgiving has now, it's a little, a few steps ahead of Christmas where now it's just a day of thanks. It's not a patriotic day at all. It's a day of thanks. It's not like, I don't, I, you know what I mean? Like, and not that it's a bad or a good thing or anything. I just think it, now it's just literally about being thankful. And why wouldn't you celebrate that? You know what I mean? And, it, it, you know, and that, that that's just the button it up is it's a, it's just a day of thanks. You know, and, and I think not that we need thing. to forget about the past. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, that's what my, I don't know. I, I, I'm listening to this, to this Will book and it's great. First of all, it's fantastic. Like people should immediately, if not before, go out and read it. I second um, that. And especially if you're from the Philadelphia area, because there's, because Philadelphia, just like the dad is omnipresent. Philadelphia is also omnipresent in the book so far, right? Like mm -hmm. it's like. It's just a character in the book. And uh, there's a certain like appeal to that if you're from the Philadelphia area. So I think that you should read it then. But man, like listening to him reflect on him being a kid, the, the, the fantasy basketball story where he, where he thought he was going to make a dunk like Dr. J. Like, uh, it's, it, I don't know. He, he's, he's incredibly charming. And him telling this story about thinking that he was going to be able to dunk a basketball. Ugh, it was so good. It was so yeah. good. Like, ugh. what the, the, I would say, so let's go back to the beginning. So the book, you know, the first thing that I like about the book is, so one thing that happens more and more if you're doing audio books is now it's uh what do they call it? It's uh, writer reads or, you know, it's one, I think, I think it's called like a, the writer reads or something like that. So like Seth, Seth read his own book, you know? So when it was the delivery of it, it's just spot on because they know how they want it to feel when you're reading it. So, you know, that was probably the first thing that I thought was like, oh yeah, I'm going to enjoy this. Like it's Will Smith talking to you for 16 hours. And I'll, and I'll watch Will Smith watch paint dry. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Will Smith, he's so good. Yeah. And so, now he's going to read his own, the story of his own life that he wrote. Oh, please. Yeah. So it was spot on. So that initially was like, oh, all right, this is dope. Like, this is, this is dope. Uh, you know, I'm going to love the audio book as I'm riding back and forth to work and doing all that. And, and it's been hard to stop to like, turn it off and stop just the two chapters. Um, but he kicks it off with uh fear and he tells his origin story you know where where his parents are coming from and the neighborhoods they grew up in who his dad was prior to him and his mother meeting you know who his mom was prior to meeting his father so it really to me just like right off the bat you're getting to know a lot about will that you just didn't know you know what i mean like you, you really didn't know and that, that was pretty awesome but then his first chapter is named fear. And to me, like it, it was the perfect name of a chapter describing the childhood of a young black kid growing up in this country, because, you know, fear is present and it's even, it's, it's even words that I've had used, you know, where you hear used often in the black community, you know, uh, you, you, I want, you know, putting the fear of a parent and a child for their own good and their own safety. Because if you don't fear that, that authority in your own household, then you're not going to fear it when you, uh, you're not going to fear it when you leave your house and you can end up another, you know, murdered black kid in the middle of the street because you got too mouthy with a police officer or, you know, you go back to our grandparents' time, you your Will's parents' time, you got too mouthy with the wrong, you know, white guy and you don't make it home. So there, you know, there's this, you need to respect authority because as a black man, you don't, you can't 
you know, just be bucking the system or being rebellious verbally to just anyone. And I thought that story was, you know, having that be the name of the chapter was pretty awesome because it took me back to a Kendrick Lamar song that's also named Fear and talking about in certain black communities where we want the children to fear the parent and it comes from this place of like trauma that's probably passed down of this fear of the world just being so hard on us. But what it ultimately does is it makes us scared. You're scared of your own parent. You're scared. You spend your whole childhood being fearful. And then it also could have an effect on how you live your life in the future. You end up being afraid to start a business. You end up being afraid to reach your potential. You end up basically being silent and quiet until spoken to. And that ends up being a scary way to live life and and a pretty difficult way to raise the next future, you know, of, of our race going forward. And ultimately that's what's happened in certain situations. So how, uh, how are you navigating that as a parent? That's a great question. So I remember listening to Kanye West talk about, right? Kanye. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible that I'm going to Kanye here, right? That's all, yeah. Right, all After people are baby. complicated. Yeah. Yes. Didn't, didn't uh, we just speaking of one, <laughs> speaking of complicated. But Kanye made this great point about his mother. And I forget what he was on. He was on some, this might have been when he went on uh, TMZ and acted a damn fool on TMZ, you know, recently. But he made this point about he was so thankful that he had a mother that encouraged his nonsense that encouraged his creativity because what we see as parents is that non that that creativity we we see it as nonsense we see it as like you know knock out all cut out all that noise what are you doing you know stop all that damn jumping around you know all those all those phrases that as parents you say to your kids mainly because of it and to make an excuse for like a lot of parents is that hey man you it's stressful. There's a lot of single parents out there. There's there's very little time that you that you have where you get peace and quiet, you know, and you just get you get frustrated. And there's a lot of parents who take that frustration out on the child and they shut down all the child's creativity by by basically calling it nonsense or noise or misbehaving and all of that. And what Kanye said his mom did she actually encouraged all of that. She actually encouraged. She wanted Kanye to, hey, you want to uh, wear shorts in 30-degree weather? Cool. That's, you know, you wear shorts in 30-degree weather. You're going to be cold, but okay. Go ahead. You know what I mean? Like, basically allowing him to be him and, and encouraging him to be creative and not just stumping all over it whenever he had this idea or this scheme, I mean, this plan. And even though his mom might be like, "Mm, that shit ain't going to work. She would just play along. And Hey, sometimes it actually worked out and she would be surprised. And got the same in, in will you get the same from, from his his mother. Yes. Yeah. From his mother. So I say all that to say with me as a parent, I try to just be very encouraging. Of course, there's moments where, me and my wife are trying to talk and you got, you know, the two little ones just making noises and jumping back and forth on our furniture. And there needs to be a level of discipline where it's like, hey, man, can't be jumping back and forth in the furniture. Like, we don't have money to be buying new furniture. Like, the, it's just not something you can do. You want to jump back and forth? I'm using the same lines my grandmother used to be us. Go outside with all that. You can jump back and forth at the playground. But you ain't going to be jumping back and forth in, in the house on my furniture. You know, so there's still parts of it that I use. But I don't use fear in my kids. I try not to yell. I try not to, you know, put fear. And I try to, you know, actually use it in conversation. And just not hide things from my children. You know, not hide the fact that I tell my kids pretty often, you know, the world is not easy. You know, like life is supposed to be hard. You know, it is hard for for a lot of people. And it could be harder 
when you don't understand that it's not supposed to be easy. You know what I mean? Like, and I just have those type of conversations with my kids. Like I, you know, I don't try to, I don't discipline for like mistakes as much. You know what I mean? My son's throwing a ball. They broke a glass window. You break a glass window when I was coming up, you're probably going to get popped in your head and you're going, you know, it's going to be some, you know, going to be some discipline in there. But for me, it was more of just like having that conversation. Don't we not playing balls in the house? You know how much that costs? Like, you know, getting them to understand more of the whys behind things. You know, because I said so, it's legendary. Sure. Legendary, especially in certain black in black communities. Sure. Because I said so. I heard that at least 10 times a day. <laughs> so let me ask you this. You're now trying to, uh, rather than have fear be omnipresent. Mm-hmm. You're trying to raise your kids without fear being omnipresent. How well do you think you're doing? Well, I would say fear is present, but it's not me. I want fear to be present. It's important to have fear. Fear is not a bad thing. Fear is an instinct that you need to be able to recognize, right? Like you need to be able to recognize in my opinion, you know, when you, f- the, the, the fearing your parents is a bad thing, right? Because your parents are in your corner. They're there to help you. If you fear your parent, when you make a mistake, you're not, that's, that's who you're not going to call. You're not going to call your parents when you're in trouble and you believe you're the cause of that trouble. Because I'm afraid now that you're going to, be upset with me or you're going to discipline me. So you usually end up compounding that mistake and going to the wrong person when you're in trouble instead of going to your parents. Fear is present in my household. I have conversations about fear, understanding what it truly is. You know what I mean? And how like, Hey, it's okay to be afraid, but don't let fear stop you recognize it and and try to understand what it is because fear is just something that's telling you something right like it's just telling you something it's not an actual thing it's telling you that hey you should be cautious of this and you don't just listen and just go all right i'm not going to do it because i'm afraid no you got to ask yourself the question of well why should i be cautious of this and really try to figure out it's like is this fear that I that I need to like go the opposite way of, or is this just fear because I'm a little bit scared in myself of being able to actually do this thing? You know what I mean? Hey, there's a dark alley. There's three men with hoods and guns down this way. Um, don't go down there, buddy. Like you ask fear why, and they say there's three men with guns, and they look like they're you know robbing people. That's fear that you got to turn the other way on. You know what I mean? But then there's the fear of like, hey, you should start a seasoning business. But no one in our family has ever started a business. You know, I don't, I don't think I can do it. Like, no, that, that's fear that you need to be like, no, the hell with that. I'm, I'm starting a seasoning business. Like, no, nah, you're not stopping me. You know what I mean? Like, it's important to know what fear is and to hear it out but I don't think it's necessary for a parent to have to be the one to instill it. The parent's job to me is to help your children navigate through it and to point it out when it's present and it's, and let them know, Hey, you're scared. It's okay. Let's talk about what you're scared about. It sounds like you're doing a pretty good job. I mean, I guess you'll never know. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's know, there's, there's no way you can. Uh, parenting but, is all process, Devin. Uh, there, yeah. there, there are zero results in parenting that can tell you that you're doing a good job. All you do is just the process, and sometimes the results don't come out the way you want it. But you really just got to make sure your your process is you're doing you're doing your process. You know, like there's plenty of great parents who kids ended up on drugs or you know, 
out in the streets or you know what I mean? Like we don't control, you don't control the results as a parent. And I understand that as well, where it's like, you know, I'm just going to try to guide my kids the best way possible into being good people and to being, you know, thinkers, like make decisions based on poise and being calm and making rational decisions. And, and that, that's really all I could do. It's an admirable goal. I think, you know, I think, uh, when one of the other sort of omnipresent things in the, in the will book that he talks about is that he tells the story of the wall, right. And building yeah. this wall. Mm-hmm. And another piece of this sort of another, another thread that, that started in this book is that you got to put in the work. Right. And it, I, I quite enjoyed that as well from this and also kind of enjoy the fact that you're like you're aware that you're putting in the work as a parent mm-hmm. who knows yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know you don't have any control over that result nope. but you do have control over putting in the work which is uh, i like the you know uh, i don't have any kids and i'm thankful for that every day but uh i like the perspective that you're bringing to it which is like yeah. it's all process yeah but it's like anything else that we do in our lives where, you know, I've come to a realization that fuck results. Everything is process and everything is how do you do it? That's it. You know, how, how you go about it. Because if you start dabbling in results and you start chasing them, just because you did something you know, one way, and then you all of a sudden you throw away everything that you know to start doing everything this way just because one person had success. You you, you could be you could be chasing that. What happens when the next person doesn't? Do you look at your shoulder and go, oh, well, that parent did this, so now I'm going to change my whole entire system to what this parent is doing because they had success. And it's just it's one of those things where you could be chasing all day long. There are going to be failures in everything that you do. And there's no way to like get around it. There's going to, you're going to get stuck in that traffic. It's like being on the highway and that one lane moves and then the next lane moves. You can be the idiot that's jumping back and forth from lane to lane thinking you're going to constantly be in the moving lane. You're going to get jammed up. It's going to happen. All you can do is stay the course continue to go in your destination because I've seen that guy try to go from lane to lane. Not and then, a happy person. Not a happy person. <laughs> and then you know what they end up doing? They end up getting in an accident and it ends up really derailing their direction and, and their destination. And so, you know, the one thing with all things in life is you got to have your own principles and be able to stick within those and, and build your own process by using the information that you have. The reason why I decided to raise the children the way that I'm raising my children is totally because of the information that I have and the information that I'm willing to listen to and the experiences that I went through. But by no means do I believe that my way is going to raise the most perfect kids ever in the history of children. Like, I don't know how the hell they gonna turn out. They could turn out some selfish, spoiled brats. Probably one of them will. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's like, well, and, it's and like you, you, a, have a, you have a whole basketball team worth. Yeah, so, but I mean, it says, yeah. hey. <laughs> You're taking enough shots. <laughs> exactly, I was about to say, at the end of the day, you know, somebody's gotta strike out. You know, but the goal is life's, life's longer than you think. You know, and you just keep at it. I'm going to always be there for my kids, but I'm going to always be honest and make sure that they know fear does exist. Disappointment exists. You know, you're going to be a failure in something and that's going to exist. You know, there's these harsh realities. But the most important thing is if you continue to show up, you'll continue to get better. And that's it. I want the only thing that I can ask for my kids. And I know we talked about children a whole lot in this this episode but the only thing that i that i would say that that 
I really want for my kids. Like, don't even talk. Every one of them need to be a fighter. Like, you have to be a fighter. Like, giving up, quitting, all of that to me are things that, like, are just unacceptable as, as a person. You can be down on yourself. Cool. But don't be down on yourself for too long, you know. And, you know, I take myself as someone who's, I'm, I'm all about accountability for myself. I will be the first one to admit when I, when I make, you know, when I do something wrong or I'm not, you know, able to, to do something or complete something or that's not my strength. Like I, I'm quick, quick to admit it. You know, I'm a trash talker. I, you know, I'm great at everything and I play around. But in the reality of things, I don't have no problem paying an expert, you know, who's better, who's better at something than I am. Mm -hmm. And I have no problem admitting when I, when I'm flawed or, or I'm not good at something. And or when I do something wrong or if I offend someone. So those are those are things also it's like not getting too self-absorbed and being able to actually know who you are and being able to, to admit when you have flaws. And then don't quit, man. Don't ever quit. You want something, keep working at it. Yeah, I think that uh, an interesting part of the process is black and white story, right? is that the goal that we both had, I, I don't think either one of us, we, neither one of us has necessarily achieved it, but I also don't necessarily know that we can, right? Yeah, like, true. I, I don't know that the goals are achievable as much as the mentality is something that you can keep working at and keep honing. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I, I assume, I'm reading in, in between the lines here, but it seems like that's what you're saying that you're trying to do sort of as from a parenting perspective is that you're trying yes. to raise you, you can stop doing a thing you can make a choice to stop playing soccer sure but you can't quit playing soccer and somehow those are conceptually different yes yes and i think here's a good line i heard from somebody they said that nobody on this earth deserves more of the earth than anyone else no one is entitled to more of this earth than anyone else. And that mindset just basically means that, like, if you want something, you can get it. But you got to work for it. And it's not going to be given to you. You can have buddy, it. And to our buddy Thomas Sowell's point, it, it's not going to be evenly distributed either. No. <laughs> no. But that is a matter of, like, hey, you're going to have an advantage also. And you need to basically focus, you know, figure out what that advantage is and use that advantage. So it's all like, that's the thing. There's always, always going to be, you know, the opportunity for you to have as much of this world as the next man. But if you start looking at the next man and go, oh, well, he's taller, he's faster. He, you know, and, and looking at everything that you're not, then you're throwing in the towel. You're quitting before it starts. Yeah. You got to recognize, well, what do I bring to the table? And that's one of the things with Phil, with, with Will in the book, when he talks about the fantasy, is he had a mother who allowed him to be him and actually would entertain who he, who he was. And then he started to realize, like, oh, man, when I make people laugh, everything's better. And he learned what his gift was. He said it. His gift was his ability to fantasize. His gift was his ability to storytell. His gift was, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. hey, the, the court gesture, ain't that what they were called? The, the clowns yep. back in the medieval time? Yep. I'm sure there's some court gestures that live very meaningful lives <laughs> and really, you know, enjoy their time as court, court gesture. Because everybody's not built to be the king. But that court gesture, I'm sure he probably ate right next to the king. Did he have to create some laughs every now and again? Yeah. But guess what? He was safe and sound right next to the big bad king. Also eating his turkey wing or leg or whatever he was having. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, you know, you just got to know what your gift is. What is your gift? Yeah, that's an, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting perspective. I, I'm enjoying this book so far. It's, it's nice. It's a nice respite from our like we've been in pretty technical 
heavy, like this is how to do business. And now we're kind of in like a, this is how to live. And, yes. uh, and, and within there, I think we will, we'll probably find some business lessons. So I'm, oh, enjo- yeah, I'm enjoying coming. this this change up for sure. So, uh, any, anything that you want to update on this week? Yeah, man. We haven't really talked a whole lot about the businesses. We've been, we've been in some, some good conversations about these books, but, um, yes. So we're, we're, uh, we're rolling, man. We, we're doing a wing sale this, this weekend. So, you know, what we say, we're, we're, uh, nine different wings, um, we're already, we sold, we got these $50 orders. It's so funny. We were debating like, man, you know, everybody, they might want to try all nine wings. Can we put together a sampler that has all nine wings on it and charge? What do we charge? So we're thinking like, ah, oh, probably 30 or this or that. And I'm like, I'm like, nah, man, it's just the first moment where we were like, let's see how good our stuff is. Charge 50 bucks. $50, 50 wings, you know, nine different flavors. Well, it's basically, you wouldn't be able to get that pretty much anywhere. You know, it, but, it, but it also is a pretty high ticket to pay for somebody who doesn't have a storefront selling wings. You know what I mean? Like, like it's an investment. You know, it, it's, it's, it's mom tests on a whole nother level. If someone's willing to give you 50 bucks for 50 wings... That's real it's, money. It's real money. That that's saying you have something. So, we already got four orders of the fifty dollar platters, mm-hmm. and only one so far. Of of and it, it, I just we just put this out last night at like ten o'clock. I put the flyer out. So, not even in the day we got four orders. Three of them were the fifty dollar orders. Mm. So it's like. It's something bro yeah well i mean if there's a, you know we talk about like that if there's that signal from the market that's a pretty strong signal so yeah like the phone phone call like i'm just like numbers i don't recognize i'm just like it's it's a level of excitement that people i, I don't know if it's just wings are simple everybody loves wings so people are just like oh shit eight wings ten dollars comes with some fries i could do that that's not bad that's reasonable. You know what I mean? So I don't know if it's if it's that, but whatever it is, it's pretty dope. You know, it's pretty dope. Yeah, it sounds dope. It sounds dope yeah. for sure. On my on my side I spent uh spent a bunch of time this week. Like, I don't know, it's weird. I'm I'm about to have this thing that uh, you know, that I built essentially for the one customer. Right? I mean I've done two customer interviews. Right. And one of the customers was like, I have this really bad pain point. And I was like, okay. And he was like, I would love for this pain point to go away. And I was like, well, I can build a thing that fixes that. So I am, you know, I'm here. And so I'm going to give him that soonish, you know, like pretty, pretty soon. Wow. He'll have a way to send a text of sort of his making to groups of customers. And I keep wanting to build more onto it. You know what no, I mean? No, but you got to keep it simple. Dude, I got to keep it simple. And I'm I'm having a hard time keeping it simple, I got to tell you. But that's, you know, like I'm, get, I'm getting there. So we'll, we'll see. But I think that, that like that's the key. Like build a thing where he can put a customer in and then the customer can turn into a uh, a person he can text message and then he can have like a list of text messages that he can send. And just just do that. So we'll see. You know, I, I'm I'm a little bit anxious about it still, but uh, you know that it's not enough. But it shouldn't be enough, right? Like the whole point of all these books is like build the smallest possible thing, and then then start iterating from from there. So that's the plan. We'll see how it goes. Wow. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's crazy. That's big. It is. It That's is. pretty cool. I'm excited to see the reaction from the customer, you know, once once it's be in use. Well, it's funny. Like, I built a bunch of pages that aren't anything. That you were telling me, isn't it for like um, one of the pay? One of the pages is is a is a is a, pay, is a pay payment page. 
I built that page. Yep. That was that was like last last week's achievement. And then I would say this week's achievement was like I built like a a campaigns page so that he could send text campaigns, right? But all it says on there is like, let me know if you're interested in this, right? And then I built another page that's kind of the same kind of thing that for inventory management so that I could see, like, let me know if you're interested in this. Hmm. And then my hope, my hope is actually, I have that on there because you need to put some text on there, but I'm actually thinking like mom test wise, right? Like what I ought to do is put like, here's what this will be on both pages, like kind of an explanation of what it will be and then see how often he clicks it. Ah, right? there you go. Because if he keeps going back to the, to the inventory page, but he never goes back to the campaigns page, which one is he interested in? He's interested in the inventory page. So that's kind of what I'm thinking, but I, I haven't gotten that far yet. That's a, that's a, that's a step two problem. Gotcha, gotcha. Wow, that's dope, man. Yeah, it's going good. All right. Good. Well, so uh, where can people find us, Vernon? You can find us at theprocessesblackandwhite.com. They can also check us out on any one of the social media platforms by searching The Process is Black and White. We'll pop right up. All right, talk to you next week. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's And that's all the time we have this week. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Process is Black and White. Come join us next week where the journey continues on the road to successful entrepreneurship. For further information, go to www.theprocessisblackandwhite.com. Any views or opinions represented on this podcast do not constitute financial advice or any other advice. Vernon and Devin inspire you to conduct your own due diligence before making any personal financial decisions.